Hi everyone, it's Roger and Josh here for a special episode of the What's On at Disney Plus podcast. Um, we wanted to get together, um, obviously, with Christmas and the New Year and stuff and just talk about um, the year of 2021 as a whole. Um, so I've got Josh in here with me um, today. And we're just going to go through like our top three best things and our top three disappointments of 2021 and obviously we'll be coming from different um, angles as well with being on different sides of the pond but yeah josh thank you very much for joining me for this one um yeah it's been been quite a year for disney plus hasn't it it has indeed and i feel like we're doing this maybe annually we did this last christmas as well yeah. a kind of a christmas special but uh <laughs> yeah it's I, i'm a freelance journalist and covered uh disney and a lot of different things family entertainment wise and uh you know, certainly focusing on Disney Plus, and that was quite a year. But like you say, there was ups, there was downs. Uh, we're gonna get to cover a lot of that, mm -hmm. I guess, in this discussion. So it'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a lot of stuff. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through um, each of our sort of good good ones and bad ones. So let's kick off with um, my list first off. We're gonna go go one at a time. Um, so first off, Marvel uh, has to be one of my top three things on Disney Plus this year. I mean, we are talking. I mean, we've had what five series? We've had three or three or four movies. It has just been an incredible collection of it. You know, when we think we didn't get anything last year other than like Hellstrom, which didn't even count. Mm -hmm. um, this year, we've had so much stuff of all these Disney Plus shows, we weekly releases. Um, you know, we've also had, as I said, we've had um, Shang Chi and Black Widow drop onto Disney Plus this year as well. Um, and obviously, we just had the amazing um, Spider-Man movie that well, might not be on D Disney Plus for a while, but it still will count. We'll, we'll count it. But what do you think of all this Marvel stuff this year? It was phenomenal. I mean, you think about the cultural buzz even that went on with these shows. I think, you know, Disney did it with Mandalorian and people mm. kind of wondered, can they repeat mm. that success and make it literally topping the Nielsen streaming charts, you know, uh, mm. topping, you know, the most talked about shows and over and over again in the last year, starting with WandaVision, of course. Uh, moving on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then again with Loki, and you know, to a lesser degree, What If and and Hawkeye. Those aren't maybe achieving mm -hmm. quite the same level of cultural discussion, but um, you know, those five shows were phenomenal. And uh, you know, the uh, particularly, I think WandaVision was so. I love that they went out the gate with something so different, and and uh, you know, just something that was really you know just a sci-fi concept mm -hmm. that was really really out there and. You know, made you think about it. It's so much kind of water cooler conversation week to week. Not that anybody was in the in workplaces really, but uh, you know, <laughs> it was more of a social media buzz week to week yeah. uh, with that show. And uh, you know, I, I'm here's my thing though. I think that the one that really has given us a finale that fulfilled its promise was Loki. Um, yeah, I thought that Loki was you know really in, ended up there. I don't think that WandaVision and Falcon necessarily got there in their finales. Um, you know, but uh, and then we'll see what happens with Hawkeye. So it's funny actually because you say that because I feel like Falcon and the Winter Soldier had like the best like ending. It mm. felt like it was a proper it you know ended with him becoming Captain America, and that was pretty much the the, the point of the show. And that and then he, we left it with him as Captain America. One division was kind of felt a little bit funny in fact of like obviously we're setting up for the. Multiverse of Madness. Loki, in some ways, didn't hit because for me, if like that thing, of like a, this will continue in season two. But I've got a bit. I think Loki was my favorite series of all. Um, and Hawkeye, I will say, as a recording, we are literally like twelve hours away from the finale landing on Disney Plus, so we won't be able to discuss how that one worked. So, what did you think of What If? 
What if? You know, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's a very different series. Uh, and it was great to see, I think, them start to get into animated series that are more mature. Well, that's one of my second mm. points, actually, in terms of uh, surprises this year. I felt that uh, What If, as well as um, Bad Batch, both did a great job of giving us animated shows that are beyond just for kids, you know? I mean, they gave us also, by the way, Monsters at Work and, and Doug yeah. Days. And, and I, don't, I don't think those necessarily get as much buzz and attention as they should. But, uh, you know, What If was great. It's, uh, it's, it's, it was absolutely out there. It was really engaging week to week. Um, I thought some of the middle episodes particularly were really intriguing. And then how they wrapped it up with that, you know, the whole kind of team up against Ultron. Um, it was great. Um, yeah. So I, I think folks should definitely check it out if you haven't. And by the way, if folks have seen Spider-Man or haven't, uh, it, we, it does appear from that trailer at the end there that, uh, you know, there may be more relevance uh, to the larger mm. MCU than we might imagine. So, uh, yeah. I do think folks should, should check it out, uh, not to give any spoilers away, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move now onto your, as you mentioned there, your second topic. So that was, um, if you want to give us a bit of an idea of that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I said, I mentioned what if, I think that's certainly, uh, among something that folks should, uh, but should check out and is is really a uh, an amazing series and great to see Marvel Studios move into animation. You know, we're all familiar with X-Men, you know, and some of their other animated shows. But in, in terms of the, the operation run by Kevin Feige, you know, this is their first animated show. And so and it's it's really been it was it was a phenomenal production, um, mm. really great animation style, too. I just loved it. Um, it, it took me. It took me a little bit of time with that one. It 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 took a couple of episodes for me to like gel with the animation. I, I didn't quite jump in at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It you know it, it was. It took a little getting used to. But I I always love a creativity and animation and people trying new things. So it was great to see them do something different. Mm. Um, same with I would say Star Wars Bad Batch. Of course, this mm. conclude this uh, continues what you might call the the Filoni verse in in Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> You know, where uh, Dave Filoni, uh, you know, is still con continuing to produce great new series. He did it with Clone Wars season seven that we got in the first uh, year of Disney Plus. Um, and it, it just to me, like one of the best things about Disney Plus is that Dave Filoni is going to be getting, you know, these tens of millions of dollar budgets to tell Star Wars stories because the guy is just absolutely born to do that. And he tells great stories in that galaxy. So Star Wars Bad Batch was a wonderful continuation of, of uh, some chapters in the Star Wars saga that we hadn't seen before. Uh, almost kind of an A-team concept, you know? Um, if you've ever seen, if you've watched much of that show, I mean, it was, uh, it was very oh, I much- grew, I grew up on that one. <laughs> I used to have the A-team yeah. band. Maybe. Oh, yeah, they've actually got it on Hulu. So uh, I've, I've definitely been uh, watching some of the old ones. It, it's a great show. It's uh, yeah. so you get know, this obviously a mismatched kind of crew of, of people who come in and uh, gangbuster style and, and fix situations a lot of times. Uh, but uh, it was great. And of course, there are connections to the larger Star Wars universe. Ming-Na Wen's character, you know, Fennec Shand uh, shows up there. And, uh, you know, she's going to be a big part of uh, of the book of Boba Fett. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, folks should absolutely check out uh, Bad Batch if you haven't. That's, you know, a, a great show as well. One that's a great entry in the Star Wars saga. We've already know they're getting a season two. So I'm a big uh, a fan and proponent of, of folks uh, checking out animation. I think it's unfortunate that sometimes people think animation is just for kids. And, you know, these yeah. these shows, particularly What If and Bad Batch, I think show you that it's certainly broader than that. So it's funny because I literally mentioned to my dad today, he popped over for lunch. And I literally said, I said, you know, Book of Boba Fett, you know, coming up. And he listened, his first thing was, it's not a cartoon, is it? Because it just won't, if it's a cartoon, you just won't watch it. So there, yeah, it's a definitely a thing with that one. 
So I'm going to now shift um, shift gears over to some, one of my um, top three, which is experiments. So what this one is is um, really Disney. I think started experimenting a lot more with their release schedule, especially with like the Disney Channel and the National Geographic stuff. They've been playing around with the schedules a bit. They've been trying different things out. You know, they've been trying same day, next day, same week, next month, batch drops, you know, in advance, not in advance. You know, they've been really kind of moving things around a bit. And I think that really um, sort of helps. In On one hand, like, I like them just have got to the point where they're like, guys, you've been experimenting for a year. Um, you now just need to just, you know, just try it out, try something out a little bit different. And I think that's definitely a good a way forward for them. Um, actually, yeah, I think after about a year, you'd imagine now they've, they've got a, an idea. I would like them to sort it out. But what about you thinking? Yeah, um, I, I love their experiments. I think there are some things like um, Premier Access, you know, that is mm. that has been a great experiment to see. I think uh, I actually did get Jungle Cruise on, on mm. Premier Access because I wanted to cover it and I couldn't uh, get the screener in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought it, it was really good to see. I think there are in this world of pandemic and issues of releasing and, and Hollywood needing to try out new models. I don't have a problem with Premier Access, etc. I'm just glad that I'm not forced to necessarily buy a lot of these, and yeah. if they do give it to us within say 60 days, so mm. that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely with my um, Premier Access, I I purchased Black Widow in the morning, and um, I, in some ways, I probably would have carried them. But I also feel like with that price point, it does put a little bit of a restraint on it because I know like recently I looked on the system and I saw like uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage and the new Bond movie were both like £16 each. And I literally just went to my office and I oh, will wait till they get cheaper. So that's where that thing with the Premier Access is. is it, it's a bit pricey if you don't if you don't want to spend it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I wouldn't have done that, for instance, for Cruella. I finally watched it when it came out free for everybody. But uh, it just wasn't exactly up my alley. So, you know. Yep. Okay. So let's now shift gears over to your um, second one. Uh, sorry, actually, it's your third one now. So, oh, um, oh, it's actually first. It's actually first. We, oh, oh, we missed oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So, uh, which is the, the release of the Mysterious Benedict Society, uh, which was really a surprise to me because uh, this is a great family show. It is a, a one that really has broad appeal, though. I think it just, it, it, uh, it is very well produced from, you know, 20th century tv uh the team there really faithfully uh you know adapted the novel you know from trenton lee stewart the mysterious benedict society and it just has this great almost kind of wes anderson feel to it you know it's yeah. shot in a really uh you know i think interesting way a 1970s kind of locale and you know uh it, it's uh it's a it's a fun series uh even though it's it is kids who are like you know uh, 12 and under, whatever the four leads are. You know, Tony Hale is a big part of the show, who's obviously a comedian seen in a lot of shows, Veep and otherwise. Uh, he, you're starting to see him in a lot more. He, people also know him as Forky, of course. But uh, he's he really carries that show because he, he mm. plays dual roles of both the villain and kind of a hero figure who are twins. And so uh, he is a, uh, a great kind of, you know, anchor for that show. And then you have a great cast of supporting. It's basically kind of takes place on two ensembles where you have these yeah. kids who are on an island and uh you know kind of at this school and infiltrating this school to kind of understand what's going on and then you have the adult characters who are you know trying to get to them feed them information uh also solve the mystery on their side of things so 
it's a great show. If people haven't checked it out, I would just highly encourage people. It's already gotten a season two. Again, you know, a thumbs up to Disney for for giving that a renewal. Uh, you know, there are some other ones we really want to see renewals. I'm I'm an uh, advocate for for prop culture coming back. I hope one day it does. But uh, yeah. you know, it uh, this is a great one that is a dramatic series. It's obviously a big budget, and they did a great job of just giving us a, a stellar a dramatic show here. It's definitely it actually is it's one of my favorite ones of the year from the Disney side. I think because it was so fresh for me, it felt a little bit different, and I like that about it. It kind of and it, it had kids in it, but it didn't feel like you're watching a kid show. That was that was the big difference for me. But yeah, I, th I thought that one was was a great, um, just a, a great one. But um, let's now shift over to um, my third one, and this one's quite a big one. And obviously, Josh will be coming from a different angle. Was the introduction of Star? So back in February, they um, brought in Star for us, and it literally just changed everything for, in terms of Disney Plus. Because if you're unaware of what Star is, is it's basically it's a sixth brand within Disney. It is um, a completely different way of bringing in content. So as you can see here on My Disney Plus, um, if you're watching the video version, you know, we've got shows like Dope Sick. We've got The Kingsman, The Last Jewel, um, Malcolm in the Middle. You know, we've got lots of content in here. A lot of it is available on Hulu in the United States, but it's all built into Disney Plus. It doesn't, it's not like mixed i mean i think originally people thought it was a little bit more separated but it is literally a full-blown version of disney plus with everything and it has completely completely changed disney plus here in the uk australia canada and pretty much in every country except for the united states and latin america i'm watching so much more i watch disney plus every day my wife watches disney plus every day my parents watch disney plus my brother you know we are just watching so much more because we got for us, you know, for us adults, you know, I mean, getting into things like, you know, American Horror Story, Dope Sick was probably one of the best TV series I've seen all year. Um, it was just amazing, an amazing amount of content that's been added. Yeah, so coming from my and I, I uh, think obviously the United States, we feel, uh, you know, that there's a lot of content we're not getting. And that's, that's a common feeling and a common sentiment among a lot of U.S. subscribers mm -hmm. that... Uh, it's not simply that we're, and we'll get into this a little bit more in the disappointments yeah. area, but uh, you know, that we're not getting, you know, uh, some of the more mature content, but even content that is like father of the bride one and two that, that would be on, yeah. on your side in the UK, uh, not showing up here, uh, you know, here in the U S so it's, that's frustrating. Um, but I would say on my plus side, having, being a subscriber of Hulu and by the way, I mean, Hulu, you can get for if if you just catch those Black Friday deals every year. I mean, this year it was ninety nine cents a month. Now you can get Hulu. Yeah. So I'm if folks miss that, I'm sorry, but uh, it, it's uh, it's like there's hardly an excuse not to get it. I I didn't really much uh, do much with it in one year of it, but then um, when this show Only Murders in the Building came out yeah. with Steve Martin and Martin Short, I you know my wife and I were absolutely addicted to it and. Uh, you know, that is a, a total highlight and a surprise for the past year because they just that show is just firing on all cylinders. It is funny. It is dramatic. It is a great mystery. Um, and, and it also spoofs kind of true crime. So that's which is a genre that I love and uh, appreciate those documentaries and all the work that's been done in that space lately. So, yeah, it's uh, and also Selena Gomez. Of course, I can't I can't just say Steve Martin and Martin Short. Selena Gomez is, a, is an absolute huge part of that trio and brings so much and gives you kind of some of the inter intergenerational uh, you know, uh, humor and such that's there as well. So uh, they're they're already filming, yeah. of course, season two in New York City right now, um, and uh, I think they're just wrapping that up. Some of, and, and so we're going to see season two of that show as well. Mm -hmm. So that is, you know, it is a uh, a TVMA show, 
uh, for for really for language, you know. Yeah. And I think that, a bit of blood. I think there's a bit of blood in there at some sure. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like a lot of the crime procedural type stuff. It, no question, that's what you're getting that the the maturity for. But I think that's a great example of mm. a mature show that could work in in Disney US. No question. I mean, it's even though it's TVMA for for language reasons, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it's it, it could absolutely work uh, on this side of the pond as well. I I. I'm a little bit different when I when people say, "Oh, well, you know, Disney should go full Netflix," and I don't, I don't think Disney Plus should go full Netflix. In, 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 you know, here in the U.S., in the sense of like, if you think about what's on Netflix, I mean, Squid Game, you know, and 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 Bridgerton, you know, I mean, it, it just the the thing is that here in the U.S., like Disney does represent something. It has this hundred year history with the brand, mm. and there are families, you know, in the heartland of America who very much depend on it as kind of like, okay, it says Disney on it. It's, it's not safe for my kids or it's safe for the family. Yeah. And so it's tough. I know that you've got to balance these, these things. And there's probably stuff even right now, frankly, on, um, on the current Disney plus in the U S that I'm sure somebody can be upset about. So I, I don't think yeah. we need to, you know, necessarily, you know, I don't know what the phrase people might use, you know, bow, bow to the Karens or something, you know, yeah. of like, we, we have to, you know, anybody who's offended that we have to, you know, kind of uh, go by their standards, but I don't know that, for instance, the the content level of what you see in Bridgerton or what you see in some other Netflix shows that that would be uh, a great way to go on on Disney. So I, it's it's an interesting thing, you know. Just when you talk about Star and you talk about uh, you know that uh, that is a uh, you know as something that you're excited about, and I know it's a yeah. big discussion. I think, yeah. but uh, I just think it, it kind of requires some nuance to think about how in the U.S. Yeah. It's a little bit different uh, of how people are, are handling it, and I think it should be yeah. expanded, but just be done with some I care. It's definitely a kind of a weird thing, I think, as well. Of like almost like you say, of you've kind of got the coasts are very much kind of like wanting star, and then like you said, the heartland has got a different view. I think Disney. The only way I feel like Disney could get in, I don't think they could essentially do like a straight up star launch the same way they did it for. I think. Tippy toes, you know, start dropping some things in there a bit more and start getting people used to the um the like the parental controls that are in there because a lot of people aren't even aware of it. And I think just slowly just dropping things. I mean, something like Get Back was very different for Disney yeah. Plus, and I think that was pushing the boundaries a little bit more. Um, you know, like you, you know, there's actually it's one of your disappointments. So we might as well we'll jump into that one now. Actually, um, was the lack of comedy series. That you've, yeah. you've said, you know, you might as well, you know, you might as well jump into that right. one because I think we're pretty much on that. <laughs> yeah, we are absolutely no, no question. I mean, you, yeah, you mentioned like a drama. I would say lack of comedy series in in the sense of uh, you guys have both Scrubs and Malcolm in the Middle, two excellent yeah. comedy series that are family friendly. The thing about Scrubs is that it comes from you know the show creator uh, behind Ted Lasso that is getting mm. so much attention here in the U.S. and and I think even globally. I don't really know if it's being distributed globally, but. Um, at any rate, it's, you know, it is, uh, you know, a, a brilliant show, Scrubs. It went for, you know, I think uh, seven, eight seasons. It is a really fun ensemble show. It's It's got some edgier stuff in it for sure. There's certainly relationships that take place and it's it's mm -hmm. a it's a TV 14 show. Uh, so, you know, no question parents should should have some discretion with that show, uh, probably to even agree some of what's on Disney+. Mm -hmm. Plus. Like I say, maybe some people would find some episodes of Once Upon a Time or some of the some of the TV 14 shows that are there a little bit uh, iffy, but uh, you know, it's that's a great example of a comedy mm. that should be on Disney Plus, and I think uh, Malcolm in the Middle, um, you know, as well, uh, yeah. just a a you know really well done uh, show as well, family show, but one that has certainly uh, certainly mm. it's not the same 
type of show that you might find on Disney Channel. It's it's a little more, uh, you know, obviously yeah. it came from the Fox network originally. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, just a little bit more of a, of a modern and you have Modern Family I see pulled up as well. <laughs> well, I, it's for me, you see, one of the things that always gets me is something like Modern Family, Mixed Dish, is an, I think that's a great example. The Wonder Years, we've just started that one now. Um, you know, I feel like that is a way for like, just really just for us to do something like why not have tv shows and stuff that actually feature families and feature kids you know if you've got a whole story literally about um a family with a kid going to high school or a kid at primary school that kind of feels like that should be something that should be available on disney plus but obviously you know it is a little bit tricky in terms of how they do it but um for me it definitely feels like um just you know, shows with kids should be and families. It feels like something that should be natural for it, don't you? Yeah, very much agree. There's a lot, uh, you know, of of, um, of great content Disney has from ABC. You know, from even their legacy side. I mean, I I think one of the bigger surprises and disappointments for me when we talk about comedy shows is that they they remade, you know, obviously Wonder Years. Um, mm. You know, and then they didn't put it on. Uh, Disney Plus was surprising to me, and then they didn't put the original on Disney Plus yeah. either. Same with with Doogie Howser; they actually did release that, obviously in the U.S. That's a big release yeah. for us, the new, uh, you know, Doogie series. And yet they didn't include the original from ABC mm -hmm. back, you know, that that they have access to, and it's it's a great show, you know. Um, what did you think of Doogie and Kamaloa? Because me and James really didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I saw a little bit of it with my wife, and we just kind of bailed on it. it, it it's yeah. not one that we, I don't think, was really great, and just, yeah. you know, so it was unfortunate that there were some ones like that that just didn't, I don't think, totally, uh, you know, fulfill their their promise entirely. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, I, like you say, there were experiments, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, so, but on to some other disappointments. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Obviously, the big one would be, you know, you're going to talk, I know, maybe broadly yeah. about like library content. But, yeah. you know, for me, I would say there are some specific bizarre legacy omissions that are there. Uh, when you talk about uh, Zorro, particularly that's existing right now mm -hmm. in in Latin America, Disney Plus, on Disney Plus Brazil. It's like, you know, this is something that fans have asked for in the U.S. It was filmed on the Walt Disney Studios lot in California. So yeah. in, in, in English, you know, and obviously that's the track that's available out there. So it is absolutely bizarre that that is not available right now in the U.S. And, you know, it's one of those ones where people just feel like who are longtime fans, like, what is going on? Why? Yeah. You know, why would they uh, keep that, uh, you know, in another um, you know, in another region and not available in the U.S. where it was filmed and where it was designed to, to, to target? Yeah, um, I was going to ask you really kind of this whole thing where like legacy. I, I like here in the UK, we're getting like movies and TV series dropping like every week. We're getting tons of stuff. So it's a little bit hard for me. I'm looking at it go sometimes going, well, there's some stuff, you know, that, what's annoying sometimes if, if you don't guys get it, we're not getting it either. So, you know, some, but they are going back. They're really kind of going through the 20th century library at the minute. But just like the lack of the lack of content coming through um, on the US side, then then that filters in down to all of us because it's not just the you know if they make it available, generally it's um, fits out. You know we had like dinosaurs and the Muppet Show this year, but there's really been hardly any. It's almost like they've gone, yeah. It's just is it just not worth the financial side of it? I, it's really strange. They've had a lot of turnover there, and so I wonder if that's part of it. Um, you know, just people who don't realize what's in process or, or people are not kind of maybe bird dogging in a sense, their own kind of uh, streaming people to make sure that that happens. But I, I think, um, 
you know, uh, the, the, you know, the other omissions I mentioned, you know, father of the bride one and two is another one that's just absolutely strange that that's not there. Um, in, and I mentioned the, the film Endurance, uh, which is an Olympics movie uh, released in the 90s, uh, a film uh, about uh, uh, a runner from, you know, uh, I think Nigeria. But at any rate, it, it, it also was an, it was a no show, one that could easily have showed up. And, you know, this was the year of the summer, summer Olympics. It could have certainly uh, come onto the service. So there's just, you know, little things like that where, it, uh, to their credit, like you said, hey, Dinosaurs, uh, Muppet Show, we had a, a good start of the year. Uh, yeah. Those two that came out, and then April was a big month. There, we had a whole video about the the amount of legacy content that showed up in that month, and uh, this kind of segues a little bit, honestly, into my last <laughs> disappointment because this issue of collections. Um, yeah. You know, because you look at what happened in April, what they did was something called the Star Wars Vintage Collection. They dropped that all at once, where it was about six or seven Star Wars titles that had been unreleased. Uh, the two Ewoks movies the Clone Wars cartoon, the droids and Ewoks uh, cartoons that have been done. Um, so several things that are, you know, maybe not a big deal to the large general public, if especially if they had been released on a one-off basis, people would have just not even mentioned them. But the fact that they put like five, six, seven, eight things all in one and, and called it the Star Wars Vintage Collection, that is a great strategy. You know, that is how you get attention for these legacy titles. And the thing is, they could be doing that every month. Like they have stuff, yeah. they could they could be doing it for Father's Day, for instance, in uh, in in May. Bring us some stuff that's all really. That's uh, rather June. So May would be Mother's Day. June would be Father's Day. Um, you know, here in the U.S., July is Independence Day. You know, where it would be focused on perhaps American history and some of the things that they've done in that space. Johnny Tremaine and uh, you know certainly other types of titles. So they could easily collect five or six legacy titles, put them out, you know, all at once, and get attention that way for these titles. There are some, you know. Uh, you know, for instance, in Black History Month, I really hope they're looking closely at their library, uh, you know, for, for February releases. They have the great, you know, Celebrate Black Stories collection, but there are, you know, a dozen titles that they could easily be adding to that. Uh, Polly is the great musical that was done, all yeah. a, a, a remake of Pollyanna, you know, with an all African-American cast that is a has a real cult following mm -hmm. here in the U.S. People love it. It was actually uh, two. There was two musicals that were done. Uh, and though those have not been in print for a long time, they were, they were released on DVD to the Disney movie club and then just haven't been seen ever since. Uh, same with the Ernest green story, great mm. title in the nineties that, uh, won, you know, uh, uh, some very prestigious, uh, Peabody award here in the U S and, you know, again, hasn't been seen for, for decades. So they have a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff in their library, in their content, they could easily be pulling in on a seasonal basis. So moving on from there, um, let's go talk about some of the other disappointments. One of the things here was um, the lack of scheduling. And this is especially with regards to classic stuff of getting this content coming in all the time, getting things regularly coming in, but also relates to scheduling of National Geographic content, Disney Channel, and then us here with like our originals as well. You know, why are some shows, for example, like the Disney Channel shows, why are they taking so long to be released internationally? You know, we haven't got the Disney Channel. Why not get them out onto us much quicker? Why are they doing this batch drop for one in the US and they don't do it? You know, why are we all getting these Disney Channel shows at the same time? You know, make them into something a little bit more better. Same thing with the National Geographic stuff. Internationally as well, why are we getting some of these shows like, you know, Hulu Originals? Why do we get them a week later or months later? You know, Big Sky with the ABC series. Why are we getting that one a couple of months later? 
some of these decisions for me are just really frustrating with the whole idea of doing regular releases more often. And yeah, it just really feels like for me, the whole thing of not having a regular schedule really just, just, just makes no sense at all. Yeah. So what do you think of that? Yeah. I think they're, you know, they have these assets of Disney Channel and of National Geographic, the cable channels that obviously are slowly disappearing throughout the world. You know, we know that mm -hmm. things are generally moving to streaming and that the cable channel bundles and all that are moving away. So, yeah, they've got to use those assets to their the fullest advantage, you know, and, and to do that, you've got to go day and date and uh, put them out at this, you know, if not the same day as they're coming out on broadcast, you know, a couple mm -hmm. days after. And uh uh, a sure show that I loved this last year that was a Nat Geo one journey. Uh, I think it's called Journey to the Center of the Earth. Uh, around oh, yeah. that race to the center of the, the Earth. Race. What is it? Yeah, yeah race. It's yeah. a reality show from the makers of Amazing Race, and they is a really well done show. And yeah. I love that they dropped the entire thing on there all at once in spring. Kind of got uh, you know maybe lost a little bit, but I think uh, they should continue to promote the Nat Geo stuff and get it out on a timely basis. You know they're producing so much for the broadcast. Mm -hmm side of things you know go ahead and, and put it out on disney plus it's just really frustrating because i i mean i'm very much in that idea of you know it makes sense to keep feeding the television networks you know they're still making money there's still people there you know and you don't want to take it away from them but it's like well don't take it away from them just give it to everybody because i generally view that most people that have got disney plus probably won't have cable or probably the there might be a little bit of crossover but the majority of them won't and it feels like they kind of missed the boat of like saying you know here's a brand new animated series you know the Owl House or Ghost of Molly McGee. And we're just going to put out a new episode every Wednesday on Disney Channel of this new series. You know, it might be, it might line up with the Disney Channel, but we're going to do it globally. You know, we're going to do this. This is just now one of our shows that we're going to, because sometimes they're arriving months later, you know, like you say, Race to the Center of the Earth. I think it was a Disney Plus original here in the UK, three months after it got aired in the US. It's like, why? Why? You know, <laughs> you know this is yeah. That so makes a lot of sense. It that is definitely an annoyance of um for me. Um, I've got another annoyance which I wanted to get into. It was um the lack of drama series, and this kind of ties in a little bit. I think um like you said about like the lack of comedy series, but for me it was more like the idea of you know we had like the right stuff, which was an amazing series, and we've spoke about that in the past. But Disney Plus seems to have just like, you know, the original was just the Ndugi Kamaloa was just so bland. And then you had um, the Diary of a Future President, which has just been recently cancelled. You know, we had Turner and Hooch, which was okay-ish, but it was still so vanilla that you there was just nothing, there was no meat to it. I mean, I do think Big Shot was the only one out of all of them that kind of had a little bit more meat to it, a little, little bit more... I mean, it's still a little bit more um, aimed at students, but it felt like you could watch it as an adult. And I, I think especially with like, all these star originals dropping in now, it makes it even more noticeable of how sometimes things like Doogie just felt just like this is just just I, yeah, I can't watch this. It just it just feels like I'm watching a Disney Channel show. And I, you know, if you feel like they need to go a little bit higher than a Disney Channel network. Yeah, yeah, I very much agree with that. I mean, I, I could definitely echo Zorro and, and that being one that mm. I would love to see. I think there are some on the ABC side as well that could work. I've been enjoying uh, Castle on, on the Hulu quite a bit. I don't, I think it, it would kind of push the boundary a little bit of what folks in the US might expect on Disney Plus, but it is, it's a great show. I think it's really mm. well done. I, I, I don't think that folks may be going past that, you know. Like, for instance, I don't think ABC's Desperate Housewives, maybe it is, I'm sure, on Star, 
but I don't know that it, it's, it's a great fit for, for, uh, for Disney plus us myself, but yeah. Well, this is why I said, like, you know, if you can start pushing, pushing the boundaries a little bit and getting people more breaking up that idea of, you know, something like the wonder years might be a prime example of a great show. I've seen the first three episodes because it's just coming to here in the UK for Christmas. Um, that feels like a show that, well, that could have been a really good Disney Plus original instead of, or shared with ABC because it's about a family and all the rest. And I feel like we could just, just a bit, something with a bit more meat, just something a little bit. Um, I think, especially after watching things like Only Murders in the Building and Dope Sick, really shows like you don't always have to, you know, it can be hard hitting shows and hard hitting things. But Disney Channel or Disney Plus is never going to, I feel like, hit that next stage if all they ever do is Marvel and Star Wars for drama. And they, yeah. well, we can't do anything with humans in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think they should be thinking in terms of genres that they want to own. You know, so uh, for instance, uh, sci-fi. You know, I mean, that's obviously a genre that they're already known for. They have yeah. series like uh, the classic Lost in Space is one. Mm. Uh, the um, the excellent Firefly. You know, mm -hmm. with Nathan Fillion, and that's a 20th century show. <laughs> it might be on Star over there, yeah. but uh, it is. You know, that is a that's a, that's a one season show that they should absolutely um, have on on the series on on Disney Plus. And it's a, sure it's a little bit more mature than you might expect, and it's it's gonna you know probably have, have the TV 14 uh, you know rating on it. But you know, they're they should be known for sci-fi and and get as much from that catalog as they can get. Um, you know, onto onto the service, and uh, mm -hmm. I think Mystery as well is another one. They have some stuff, uh, you know, in in the classic, whether it's you know Moonlighting or some of the other classic dramas that that ABC did. Um, you know, it's just a, a number of ways they could be thinking outside the box about mm -hmm. about stuff to get. And I think honestly, you talk about mature content. You know, there is so much uh, as well on the Nat Geo side. I mean, yeah. they're putting out like Inside North Korea and a lot of really interesting documentary stuff. Um, yeah. You know that we're just not getting in the U.S. because of yeah. of the rating. So. And I think I think National Geographic actually makes the most sense actually to to use as the way of doing it. So here, for example, is I mean I don't know if you've watched The Rescue. I mean that was a fantastic documentary, um, which pushed it. I mean I just watched the first wave. I mean that was that was a, they put it on Hulu in the US because, but it's like things like that are going. This is where they could really push the boundary a little bit more, you know, with these kind of National Geographic stuff. I mean Fauci. Um, you know, it might be very, um, you know, obviously in the US is a very different kind of, you know, it grabs a lot of attention, but putting that onto Disney plus kind of was like, you know, people, I remember, you know, being all over, people being all over the place with that one, because they're not expecting that kind of content to be dropping in and, um, becoming custodial. And I, to me, it's like, right, if you're going to do the National Geographic, do all in on it. Don't yeah. do this like, um, half, you know, half baked kind of version of it. Um, you know, I think I think documentaries as well are much more easier for them to explore the you know the TV ratings a little bit more and to go push the boundaries because kids aren't going to be interested in you know a documentary about um, a White House assistant. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah, I very much agree with that. I mean, there was there's a great uh, series that's rebuilding Paradise that I think was executive produced by uh, Ron Howard, a Nat Geo series. Uh, you know, about Paradise, California, massive fires mm -hmm. that they've had there. Um, really, you know, quality content, but you're going to find it on Hulu here in the U.S. Mm. And there's a number of of series like that. So, yeah. and you, you guys, honestly, in the U.K. have got, I think I've tracked a couple of dozen, you know, different ones that you have access to on the Nat Geo side that we don't have. So, mm. yeah, I think that'd be a great in, inroads. The documentary stuff they should be known for documentaries, frankly, mm. and have a collection, uh, for instance, of uh, of documentaries about the movie making process. 
I mean, they've done, they have a dozen or so already on the service and they could easily add a dozen more that are sitting in the library. Um, you know, stuff like the, uh, the Ub Iwerks story that, that Leslie Iwerks father, uh, who was a major Imagineer and figure in, in Disney company history, you know, it's just sitting out there, you know, in the vault where we're not getting a hold of it. Um, there are, uh, they could also, by the way, be acquiring a few other ones. I mean, Floyd Norman, an animated life. He's a great animator, been with Disney for since the days of Jungle Book. Uh, you know, African-American man shares about his uh, journey in a really interesting documentary that, uh, you know, they would just have to, to work out the rights to get that. And there's a couple of others like that where, uh, you know, they their brands are already represented in documentaries. You know, there, there might be some acquisitions they could do to, to kind of bulk up that uh, that collection yeah. and, and have, you know, kind of hi highlight these these movie making documentaries it's like they have Howard. They've done a few others uh, mm. that they've put out, but it's like collect them. And it, I think it gets more attention. Well, it's like, I mean, like you say, like Howard and uh, Wolfgang and things like this, you know, they're all very, very well-made documentaries have been, and a lot of these ones are floating around the film market before they get picked up by Disney. Yeah, they, they're pushing it, but it feels like, you know, like Get Back is another one, it's a prime example of so, where they're pushing it and then they pull back, then like the second hour, and there's like this like weird bit right now of what they're doing. But ultimately, I do feel like, you know, as we're finishing off 2021, I feel like Disney Plus is in it is generally in a much better place than it was when we were going into 2021. You know, we've got all these, you know, the originals have been dropping right through. They've they've been playing around with the schedules, but you know, we've got a lot more on there. Um obviously internationally as well, the star fixed a whole host of the problems. There's still little issues here and there, but generally you know, Disney Plus to me, I I'm going into 2022 in a completely different mood than I came into 2021 on in terms of Disney Plus. It was, it was you know, been a lot of stuff. I'm probably a little bit more skeptical because I do think that Bob Iger was a huge part of giving us the first two years of Disney Plus. Um, you know, the fact of having five Marvel series mm. in in one year and the investment that that took, I don't know that the new CEO Bob Chapek necessarily is interested in that. I don't know that we're going to see another year with five Marvel series that are coming. I don't out actually. Year. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was going to say, and I actually, I actually don't want that because I felt it was overkill. I, yeah. I, I think if lot. they do the, I think if they do the free next year that they've announced, I actually would be quite happy with that. Especially if we're getting free Star Wars series, I think that you know mix it up a little bit. I think five Marvel series was a bit much. I think that Iger, though, he he recognized when the pandemic hit that you had to do some crazy things to to get mm. attention. And he he got Hamilton on the service very quickly uh, in July 4th. Perfect timing, perfect film, mm. you know, gave him a huge boost of subscriptions. Um, you know, I thought there were some other little surprises along the way. I know he was a huge part of the Beatles deal that happened, mm. that documentary. Um, and also the film Clouds that they acquired, mm. you know, from Warner Brothers um, was just a perfect fit for the series and something that, you know, that's for the service, rather, Disney+. Plus. And, I just I don't know that they have people as much thinking outside the box uh, about content, and uh, yeah. I hope so. I think we're going to get some great yeah. Star Wars content in the coming year. I have no doubt of that. I just think you have to, you know, especially on the Disney brand side, um, you know, be well. They think, yeah. I was just going to say they've put somebody new in charge recently in charge of Disney brand, and there's been a lot of corporate reshuffling, trying to I think get rid of the layers i mean it's taken a while and i think you know there's been a lot of issues but um i think going into you know there's a lot a lot of the press announcements now you know things are a little bit more i think a little bit more sharper in terms of what we're getting but it's just gonna unfortunately we still got probably another year until the full production schedule kicks in at full rate yeah well i think you're right that they have to do more than marvel and star wars that's a huge key thing for disney to figure out and 
uh, you you have to kind of point yeah. back to I think how how Walt Disney himself did entertainment, which was sometimes historical fiction, sometimes you know inspirational type stories. You know, there's a lot of, of genres that that uh, that Disney himself was involved mm -hmm. in producing, and it uh, you know there were animal heroic stories as well. You know, so it's uh, it, it's mm -hmm. it's a broad thing, family entertainment. You don't want to get pigeonholed into just one type of movie. So, but yeah. uh, I'm appreciative of of Walt's on Disney Plus. I feel like it's an it's a resource as a somebody who writes a lot on Disney. It's it's a thing that people should be subscribed to. It's like even though I'm very plugged in, getting a lot of the press releases, etc. Um, I'm always seeing stuff on the site. It's like, wow, Roger uh, caught that from somewhere. <laughs> the uh, yeah, you know, yeah. The uh, the bear in the big blue house, uh, you know, very likely coming next year is is a great thing. That's that's something to look forward to. So you know, there's little yeah, little things yeah. like that we can look forward to. And I'm glad that you're tracking uh, so much of these things. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but we'd love to know what you think is your top three um, things that you loved about Disney Plus this year, and your top three disappointments. I love to hear all of them in the comments. Remember to go check us out over at What's On disneyplus.com you can subscribe over there big thank you to all of our patreon and youtube channels members there josh where can they find you uh well i'm right there on the screen at josh m yep. shep is on twitter uh, i also have a page that you can link to there that has a lot of my work obviously i'm on a number of different sites so including yours roger why don't need to need to do another one here soon for sure <laughs> yes on that note guys thank you very much hope you all have a fantastic uh, new year and we'll be back um soon with another episode later absolutely merry christmas I'd like to thank all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members for their support. You can become a member from as little as $2 a month and you get access to our weekly Q&A and much more.